Hey, what's good, fam? Kyle Henderson, BamaInsider.com, coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thank you very much for joining me tonight. I appreciate uh, you guys joining me tonight on Wednesday, October 21st. Let me know where you guys are coming from inside the comment box. Love to take your calls tonight. Call online is open, 205-850-0883. Um, actually, just got some footage in from the University of Alabama. This was from practice on uh, Wednesday, October 21. And I know you guys just saw the Nick Saban press conference that we had. So I want to take your calls, talk about Alabama and Tennessee. I also want to talk about Mac Jones and the season that he's having. Cooked up this graphic today, and um, I think it's pretty incredible to see what Mac Jones has done through the first four games of the season. Right? I want to put him side by side with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, check out these. Uh, actually, let me let me take down that top banner. Call online is 205-850-0883. I posted it in the comment box. Um, but check this out, fam. I mean, when you stack up Trevor Lawrence and you stack up Mac Jones side by side, I mean, in let's let's remember that Trevor Lawrence has played one more game compared to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, start on the left, 90 of 115, 78.3%. I mean, it's incredible to think how efficient. Mac Jones has been through the first four games of the season against this is the keynote quality competition, right? 1500 yards passing 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, both those interceptions that comes to the defense making some great plays, right? It's not like Mac Jones had kind of lofted one across the middle of the field or something like that, or threw a bad 50 50 ball. I mean, um, I think both the defense made great plays on those. Let me know if you guys agree. All right. When we look at Trevor Lawrence's stats on the right, 108, 148, 73%. 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, one interception. Passer rating, 192. I bring this up because I think when we start to look towards the Heisman race, when we start to look, you know, at the future of where Mac Jones is headed, where Trevor Lewis is getting, I, I think that they're on a collision course, not only from a team standpoint, but I think Heisman race. I get it. It's all rat poison. But hey, this isn't coach speak. This is the Bam Insider call and show and I'll take your calls um, tonight. Call line is open. 205-850-0883 is the call line number. Um, just wanted to kind of throw that out you at you by, uh, you know, we kind of wait for everybody to get logged in. I appreciate it. Um, what I'm actually going to do right now is usually I upload the practice footage that University of Alabama sends us. And then I kind of do a voiceover and then I upload it. But since I had Sabin and then I have the call-in show, sometimes it gets overwhelming kind of, you know, to upload all that at one time. So what you guys are going to see is a live um, read of me doing the practice footage. I haven't really looked at this footage, so I'm going to play the footage. I'm going to talk about what I see during the footage. You guys can watch it with me, and um, I hope you guys like it. So sound off in the comment box. Let me know where you guys are coming from, and um, then I'll take your calls uh, in just a few minutes. 205-850-0883 is the call line number. So I'm going to show you the footage right now of Alabama practicing from today. I'm going to talk about the footage, and then I'll come back, and we'll talk more on BamaInsider.com. Thank you very much to everybody who's joining me today. appreciate it, and um, here we go. All right. Okay. All right. So this is footage that we just got uh, in from the University of Alabama. There's Alex Leatherwood getting you going. You got Mac Jones, and the season that Mac Jones has been having has been really fantastic, right? I mean, you look how he's been poised, how he's been collected. And, you know, who would have thought that after Tua Tungvaloa that you would see this quarterback play continue to improve? And I think a lot of that has to do because of the fact of Steve Sarkeesian. There's Sean Holden, number 11. Uh, can't wait to see 
him get on the field. You've got more footage of Mac Jones. And I think it's only going to get better with Mac Jones. And yes, we're going to get an opportunity down the road to see Bryce Young and what he can do. But I think right now it's all about Mac Jones. And, and Mac Jones has really led this team. And how about John Mechie? You know, welcome to the show. He's been having a fantastic season. But I think as long as uh, you just that one-handed catch, uh, in the backfield by uh, <laughs> Slade Bolden. Let me re rewind that if you guys uh, didn't see that. Um, so we're going to be looking. All right. You're going to be looking in the back right there. Uh, number 18, Slade Bolden, the one-handed catch. I see that. <laughs> all right, you got uh, Jalen Waddle right here. Um, he's been having a fantastic season. I mean, I just love watching everything that he puts in, all the work that he puts in. All these, the ride outs, right? They're such ballers. Uh, and, you know, all these guys, every single time, they're such nightmares to prepare for. No footage of Smitty, I don't think, but uh, Jalen Waddle and John Mechie certainly doing their thing and having such big seasons. Those are the big three this year. And, you know, you you lose Jerry Judy. You you lose uh, Henry Ruggs, and these guys come with it, right? All right, let's back that up, actually. And um, looks like we're going to get – that is Kevin Harris. My goodness. Get off the ball, young man. He's wearing number 13. I'll rewind it real quick. Because um looks like he's on scout team. So whoever's number 13 for Tennessee, that's who he's prepping for. Here's uh, Ben Davis, number one. And sometimes you'll see these players have different numbers. This is Derez Parks. Haven't really seen much of him uh, this season. Now we're getting footage of um, the defensive line. Actually, let's back that up. Jamil Burrow is number 98. Right there to your right. He actually got 11 snaps against Georgia. So he's one of the freshmen. Not a lot of freshmen have played for Alabama. Uh, this season, just because I think of the gauntlet of the schedule. But Jamil Burroughs was certainly one of those guys to get on um, the field against Georgia, which I think says a lot. Um, Braylon Ingram right there, number 52, and um, offensive line. I'm sorry, defensive line getting work with, uh, you know, defensive line. So there's your footage, and I uh, hope you guys like that. I, that's not that's, – that's, that's a live read right there. I didn't even know what was coming my way. So uh, thumbs up. You know, Super Chat's always appreciated, and uh, thank you very much for joining us right here on BamaInsider.com. And um, we got a lot of people from Kentucky in the house. I appreciate it. Um, what's up, Kim? Uh, all right, Brunswick, GA. I got you, man. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. What's up, Caden? I see you, man. Same name as my son. Uh, sub, do you spell it with a K? Appreciate it. All right, what's up, Roger? Uh, thanks for calling in or checking in, rather, from uh, out in Nashville, beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Frederick, I see you from uh, Louisville, by way of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Beautiful Tuscaloosa. Kentucky in the house. What's up? What's up, DB? Appreciate it. Um, aloha, my friend. Thank you for checking in from all the way from the beautiful state of Hawaii. We appreciate it. All right. Mac 10 for Heisman. Um, what's he saying? You know, I, I told you at the beginning of the show, if you guys are just joining, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. My name is Kyle Henderson, BamaInsider.com. Call online at the bottom of the screen or up at your top. What would that be? Your top left, top right? Um, 205-850-0883. Side-by-side -side numbers. I mean, when you look at, uh, you know, the side-by-side -side numbers, I mean, it's pretty interesting to see those two lined up right next to each other, right? Um, Mac Jones, uh, you know, has put in some amazing work this season and, you know, through four games. And I think the biggest thing is the fact that he's done it against tougher competition. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? All right. Hey, Mark, what's up, man? Appreciate the Super Chat, man. Super Chat's feed. Thank you so much. You put a lot into this. And um, I really appreciate when you get a Super Chat. What's a Super Chat, you're probably wondering? Well, it's basically like a tip. If you uh, like the work, of staff here at bandmansider.com you can throw up a super chat we really appreciate it 
anything helps. And um, we got 94 viewers on right now. We should have 94 thumbs up. The thumbs up really helps because that helps get our channel out. So keep hitting that uh, thumbs up button. We really appreciate it. Um, I kind of have, uh, I was thinking about this question of the night. Let me write this out. Question of the night. Where were you? Let me write this out. Where were you in 2006? Because that was the last time that I believe Tennessee beat Alabama. All right, for me, I was in, I was living in Washington D.C. Um, I mean, what about you? Where were you guys living? Right? Where were, where were you guys at? I mean, here it is, right here on the comment box, or right on the screen in front of you. I mean, uh, you look at all these victories by the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, I've known nothing different since I've been here in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it's I know people say this is the biggest rivalry game. To me, a rivalry game is something that goes back and forth, like. I get it. You know, Tennessee's a huge rivalry game, third weekend in October. But, you know, to me, it's like the rivalry game is against Auburn because I don't see Tennessee winning, you know, uh, within the recent times. I get it. You know, Crimson Tide fans go back uh, decades. But to me, this doesn't really seem like a, a rivalry game, right? The rivalry game is supposed to be uh, split kind of by the teams. I don't know. I mean, that's just me. Um, I want to kind of go through uh, the stats and, um, you know, wait for our, our first uh, call. The call line is open, 205-850-0883. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's the that's the question of the night, right? Where were you in 2006? Everybody chiming in. Um, no, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, no, he didn't play Georgia, right? He played, uh, what was it, the Citadel, Wake Forest, uh, Miami, and um, Georgia Tech. I mean, it's a lot of different competition, right? Um, Nathan was in high school, right? <laughs> I, I told you I was living in uh, DC. So where were you guys in 2006? That was the last time the Tennessee beat Alabama. Um, Zuri was up in uh, Miami. Chuck was in Connecticut. <laughs> Everybody's all over the place, right? <laughs> all right. So that's kind of the question of the night is where were you in 2006? Um, I want to go over a couple uh, different um, sets of stats while we wait for our callers. Actually, we got our first caller in. Hello, you're on the line with hey, Kyle, Kyle Henderson. Nathan. Yeah, what's up, man? Thanks for calling in. Who am on the line with? And where are you hey, calling man. in from? So this is Nathan calling from Pensacola, Florida. Hey, so a few things I want to go over. One is uh, you said you were from, you went to school in Pella. I don't know if you know where Grinnell, Iowa is, but yeah. that's where I'm from. Okay. So <laughs> just 40 minutes away from, from where you went to school. But hey, I wanted to talk about something with Mac Jones. And I think he really embodies the, um, you know, trust of process. The reason why I say that is because, you know, he came in with Tua coming into as he was like a 14th ranked QB in the class. And then he had Jalen Hurts and he just kind of stuck around and just really built up on, you know, developing his game and, and just sticking it out. And I think that's one of the things that kind of you said that um, Saban was rejuvenated from COVID, you know, the false positive. But I also think that players like Mac Jones and the offense have kind of rejuvenated Saban's, you know, game you know you know the offense has really changed the way you looked at football yeah i th I think you know the the way that mac jones has um you know really commanded this offense i think has been monumental especially through the start of a very difficult schedule i think missouri's defense was very talented i think old miss game um i mean everybody remembers that game and it was a game where he really had to step up and show that he could you know really command this offense at that high level and i think a lot of people aren't talking about you know, coming into the season, could Mac Jones win that big game? And I think he just proved that beating the Georgia Bulldogs. I get it. It's at home. But still, I mean, that Georgia defense, we all saw it, how talented they were. I thought there was a very good defense. And, you know, those two teams probably meet again. 
But but I think you're right. I mean, the way that Mac Jones has played has been certainly fantastic. And I, and just like I said in my observations, Nick Saban, I, I saw I saw a lot of recharge after the COVID. Or, or yeah, you totally know the the the, the false COVID. You know what I'm saying? Like when he had to step out for a couple of days, where there was those were the you know receiving the negative tests. I saw a lot of um, you know kind of recharge for him on the sidelines. Did you see that as well? Oh yeah, I totally seen that. And one of the things that kind of you know with the, what you just said is. I really feel like this team has something different besides skill, talent. I believe they have something that they're all kind of, I don't know, almost fighting for it, you would say. You know, in the years prior, the defense kind of rallied the team or maybe to a rally team. I really feel like when you look at the pass pro and the run, you know, on run protect and everything, it seems like the whole team is committed to winning. And I feel like there's something different with this team. And, and, you know, you've seen that even in the dance at the end of the game with Georgia, with Saban. You just feel like there's something different about this team that goes beyond talent, skill, or anything. They just feel like they're more of a team than, and than we really have been in the last few years. I, I think you bring up some good points. You know, I, I think kind of, you know, Nick Saban knows that the leadership team, that the leadership on this team is very good. I think he has some seniors who have been around. And I think when you look at this offense, um, you know, this offense is probably one of the best offenses that Alabama's had. I mean, you even saw Jeremy Pruitt today say that this is the best Alabama offense he's he's ever seen. And and that's coming after a season where you had Tua Tungabailoa, Jerry Judy, and you had Henry Ruggs. Now, I think a big part of that is the big boys up front, right? You have Alex Otherwood, you oh, have yeah. Evan Neal, you have Landon Dickerson. Cornbread. Exactly. You have Cornbread. All these guys um, playing at such a high level with a lot of experience. And and I think you're right. I, and one point I, I wanted to talk about with, with our, our next caller who's on the line, we'll get to you in just a second, um, is kind of this back end of the schedule. And I, I was talking with our team writer, Tony Sukalis, uh, just recently. Um, and, and I think when you look at kind of the back end, what keeps this team motivated? Because I think non-coaches speak, you look at the schedule and you're like, oh, Alabama's going to beat every single team. Well, look, I mean, they got to beat Tennessee, right? This is a rivalry game. You go into Mississippi State and, uh, you know, who knows what's, what what team's going to show up with Mike Leach. I mean, you got to got to be on guard. And then it's, and it's about redemption. Let's face it. I mean, LSU beat Alabama last year and so did Auburn. So those two games at that back end of the schedule, you know, an improved Kentucky program who's been very good, quietly good throughout the last couple of years. And then you have Arkansas who's kind of on the rise. So I think all directions are the Alabama will probably be a double-digit favorite favorite over these teams but i think overall this team has one goal and that goal is to win a national championship anything else uh why i got you on the line nathan oh no man i appreciate your time and roll tide all right take it easy man roll tide to you appreciate it thank you all right that was uh nathan from uh pensacola uh, thank you very much for calling and we'll take our next caller right now hey what's going on you're on the line with kyle henderson who i'm on the line with and where are you calling in from hey miss jandy how are you Good, man. What's up? Who am I on the line with and where are you calling him from? Right. Sorry, this is Tricky Ricky. I'm calling out of Coleman, Alabama. All right. What's up, Tricky Ricky? Appreciate it, man. Tricky Ricky Coleman. Go ahead, man. Shoot. Yeah, man. Um, I was just going to ask you what your thoughts are on, you talked about it earlier, the dancing in the locker room. Um, I don't know. Is Nick Saban getting soft or is he still just nasty on D? And also, are you for the dancing in the locker room? Do you think the guys are maybe being perverted? I don't, I didn't see any twerking or anything. And I don't, I didn't watch the dancing. I watched it for a minute and I was like, Oh my goodness. But what are your thoughts on the dancing? You talked about. It. All right. Um, I'll, I'll answer you on the, uh, on the other line in terms of like, uh, 
you know, the, the dancing and the twerking. I mean, come on now. Um, I, I think, you know, as Nick Saban said, you know, he um, it was an emotional game. And I think when you look at kind of the the overarching um, aspect of this, I mean, Nick Saban came to this game. He, he, he couldn't coach with the team for what was it, two days or something like that. They're going against the biggest opponent, uh, uh, Georgia. And then, um, you know, not being on the sidelines with those guys for practice or whatever. I mean, Nick Saban loves to grind. I mean, he loves that, loves that grind. I think being away from the team, I think that was the recharge and uh, the dancing loved it, man. I think you got to come with it. And I, you know, he's a player's coach. I think, you know, all those players love him. They love to see that intensity from him. And um, you know, uh, Alabama is not the same without Saban. So I absolutely love the dancing. Uh, moving on to our next caller. Hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle. Hey, well, Who I'm on the line with and where are you calling in from? Hey, Hey, man, I'm calling in from uh, Brunswick, Georgia, Cam Best. All right, Cam Best, Brunswick, Georgia. What's up, man? Thank you very much for joining the show. I appreciate it. Go ahead. Hey, man, no problem. Hey, listen, I just wanted to speak on the uh, – you're talking about uh, continuity with Alabama this year. And I remember back uh, probably 2009 when Nick Saban won his first national title at Alabama. Uh, you know, it was really exciting. It was kind of a new thing, and it was like, man, this is this is really great. And then the next year, kind of had a down year, but in 2011, it was like, man, this, this really reminds me of that 2009 national championship team. And I think this year, it's the same thing. It's like, you know, we see the same continuity with this team as we do with the previous national championship. I mean, the offense is clicking at a good time. The defense is uh, – they're coming around, you know, they still got the rest of the season to get better. And, you know, they really put a beat down on, on Georgia like they did. And, and, you know, we're still making improvements on defense. We're not even at our potential yet. And, uh, you know, I just think that the continuity that Alabama has is uh, the same type of continuity as the other national championships uh, that they've had in previous years. You know what? When I look at the continuity and I love I love that word and because I think a lot of that comes from it. And let me know if you agree with that. This is because of the fact that the coaching staff only had to replace one coach. And that was they got rid of uh, Brian Baker. I don't know if they got rid of him, but they subbed him out for Freddie Roach. And you have Steve Sarkeesian back. And I get it. Not a lot of people are a fan of Pete Golding. Um, but you have Charles Kelly back, South Sincerity back. You get what I'm saying? Like all these coaches are back. And I think that helps the added continuity along with the fact that this team has a lot of upperclassmen who have played th throughout the years or or who have been in that process. Right. I mean, Nick Saban talked about today. Um, you oh, know, that, yeah, that man. Mac Jones. I mean, he's been behind Tua Tungvaluwa and Jalen Hurts. So you see a lot of that continuity with these guys coming up. Exactly. You know, I mean, I think with Nick Saban's uh, – you know, with the way he's been running the Alabama football program and what they're used to, I think it's plug and play. I mean, they I, I got the players. All they have to do is have some great coaching, and he's he's doing that. He's got Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, I think he's he got Pete Golden to uh, you know to to teach him and kind of mentor him to to turn him into a Kirby Smart you know type of guy. And I don't think he's there yet, but I think he has the potential. You know, and, and Nick Saban sees stuff that we don't see. I mean, he can see the potential in somebody. Uh, but, you know, this team, man, they're hitting the season, especially on offense. I can't, I just can't wait to see what they're going to be like at the end of the year, man. I, I just, it's just, uh, it fathoms me, man, of how good this team is. Yeah, I, I think so. I think this team, you know, has, um, you know, 
I mean, when you look at the offensive side of the ball, and just like you said, you know, the defense, it really is trying to find themselves still. And I think it, maybe they will. I, I think that their trajectory has been upward. I mean, they had to make some stops against Georgia, which they did. They came up with uh, two big uh, three and outs, and they came up with uh, two interceptions in that game, which, you know, and Nick Saban said the game was based on turn turnovers and how Alabama played in that second half. Um, anything else uh, while you're on the show, Ben? Hey, man. Uh Thanks for taking my call, Cal. Roll tight. All right. Roll tight to you, buddy. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. On to our uh, next caller, and we'll uh, take it now. Hey, what's up, buddy? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who I'm on the line with, and where are you calling in from? All righty. On to our next call. Hello, you're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling in from? Kyle, this is Mike from Jacksonville, Florida. How you doing, my brother? Hey, what's up, Mike? Thank you very much for calling in, man. It's good to hear from you, man. Go ahead. Hey, listen, you know what? I'm going to put a different spin. Every time I call, I, I put a different spin and perspective on, on the game itself. I want to start with Tennessee. I know everybody's saying, you know, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I made a comment, different podcast. And what I was saying is this was going to be a trap game. Not that Tennessee's going to win, but, I'm, you know, my major concern is injury. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, Jerry Pruitt right now, man, his, his back is against the wall. He had already fired his defensive line coach. He's got the – do you realize he's got these guys working on uh, Sunday? You know, practicing on Sunday. Were you aware of that? Who was practicing on Sunday? Tennessee players. Okay. He's got them practicing yeah, yeah. on Sunday, man. Okay. And and basically, you know, he's his back is against the wall and and, and I understand that if uh, and I know how Coach Saban is, you know, you don't take anything for granted. But the big thing is the key to me is these guys getting so overzealous to win, you know, because of the losses they have that have uh, come by on the Tennessee side of the house that, you know, we end up with some injuries and that's that's my major concern in regards to Tennessee, not that we're going to lose the game, but it's the fact that, you know, the injuries itself and, and hopefully not to, to our main stars. The second thing I got is I know that you, you talked about, you know, looking at the remaining schedule after Tennessee, but I'm going to tell you something. And I don't know if you've been, you've been watching this. Arkansas is a deadly team. Arkansas right now is two and two, but they should be three and one. They, they actually won that Auburn game. You know, you know the story behind the yeah, yeah. But that Barry Odom defense, I'm telling you, man, it's look what they did. Did you see the game? Did you see the highlights of the game that they did with Ole Miss after after uh, after we played? Yeah. Did you see that? Yep. They destroyed Ole Miss, man. I mean, they destroyed them. And so I don't want to put a check mark. And the only reason I'm bringing up Arkansas and that Barry Odom defense is the fact that. I don't want to put a check mark because that's the last game that Bama's going to play. And as you know, with COVID-19, each week now, because it was, you know, they didn't have any spring practice, now each team should get better and better and better. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Arkansas, the last game, and I'm not going to put a check mark right there yet. You know, I mean, that's, uh, now that's what I really call a real trap game. So that's, that's pretty much all I got, you know, and I'm, People need to start paying attention. I, I, well, there's some people that's really looking at Arkansas right now and saying, hey, these guys are sleepers. You know, they they coming, man. And, I mean, they coming strong. They, they offense might not be there yet, you know. But uh, 
But they defense, I'm telling you, they just as good as uh, Georgia or better in a sense each week. So just pay attention to what I'm saying and you'll see what I'm talking about. That's all I got. Cool. Know. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you calling in. I hope you have a blessed, uh, blessed rest of your week. Okay. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. You too. All right, Mike from Jacksonville. All right, we'll take our next caller now. Hello, you're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Hey, Who am I on the line with and where are you calling him from? Hey, man, this is James from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Roll Tide. Roll Tide to you. Thanks for calling in, James. Hey, well, you know what that game is. I know it was a very emotional game. Um, the defense did their job at the end, but first half, we're going to have to do better. We're going to have to do better. We can't be in these shootouts with these teams in the first half. We need to shut them out from the get-go. And I know it took we a second-half team and everything and, and stuff like that, but that first half is going to be critical because we, we, we may come across a team that we can, you know, like old men, we cannot shut down. We're going to have to score more points in it. And I think Pete Golden does, you know, he done a good job last week, don't get me wrong, but he needs to do a better job as far as getting that defense ready in the first half. Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate the call in. And um, I, I think when you kind of look at this this team and the trajectory of, of where they could go, I mean, it's it's just really up to Alabama. I mean, because mm -hmm. I, I don't think there's any team out in college football that can outshoot this team, um, at least in the SEC, right? And, and Mike was just talking about Arkansas, and I get it. Arkansas is doing a fantastic job. Um, but kind of when I look at this schedule right here, um, and I'm not going to speak coach speak with you guys. I'm not going to say it's all about this next game. I, I'm, I'm just I'm going to put it how it is. I mean, Tennessee, not impressive. Mississippi State, not impressive. You guys saw the news with LSU today. I mean, it, it's a train wreck there. Kentucky, I get it. They're improved. That that could be an interesting game. I think their defense is a little bit better than people give them credit for. Auburn, I think that's a redemption game. And then Arkansas, we'll see what happens, you know. But, you know, it's limited capacity. And, you know, for the last, what is it, 12 games or whatever, Alabama has completely dominated Arkansas. I get it. It's improved team. It's a different year. But until we see an offense that can really go up-tempo and, and go against this team, I still think Alabama is the outstanding favorite in the SEC. When, when I look long-term, I think that, you know, Clemson, I guess we'll see what Ohio State brings, and we know they're going to have a fantastic team, but Clemson's really the only team out there, um, you know, that that I feel could really challenge this offense. And, and I think, you know, the defense will, will get there. I think we saw improvements, but, um, I mean, let's be real. I just, when I look at the schedule, I don't really, not, not a lot of teams stand out. I, I think Alabama got past, you know, the toughest part of their schedule already. Yeah, and I agree with you there as far as that that, that sense right there. Um, when it comes to we getting past our toughest part right there and everything. I just, you know, you know, it just, you know, I, it's like he said, set up for trap games. I don't, Me personally, I don't see no trap games at all mm -hmm. because I, I know how Alabama is coming, you know, 51 point average in the first four games, you know, you cannot beat that, you know. And at hand, so you know, I'm just it's just more I'm just worried about the defense side and injuries. No, I ain't worried about it because I believe the next man step up. They're just like if Moses get hurt again, we got Shane Lee right there because he played the whole year last year. Mm -hmm. So it's really next man up, and really Alabama with recruiting has stepped up and built much depth along the linebacker defense line and secondary. So I think you know, going back to 2014 when we had all that dealt with. Jonathan Allen, uh, Williams, and Deshaun Hand, and all mm -hmm. them. I think we got that depth now. So as far as injuries concerned, I'm not worried about. It. I know the next man gonna step up and have his job. 
All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in, James. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. We'll catch up soon, okay? All right. All right. James from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, by the way, thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate the super chat. It really means a lot. Um, you know, super chats go a long way right here on Bam Insider. So we got 200 people watching. There should be 200 thumbs up as well. So be sure and hit the thumbs up button. I appreciate it. I've uh, been showing Alabama highlights from this evening and taking your calls right here on BamaInsider.com. Um, a lot of people asking about, you know, trap games and a lot of people asking about, you know, this Tennessee game, kind of the question of the night that I posed to everybody. Where were you guys in 2006? All right. Let me know where you guys were in 2006. That's the question of the night. Um, we'll move on to our next caller and uh, we'll take it uh, right now. Hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling him from? What's up, Kyle? This is Matt. I'm from uh, Birmingham. Matt from Birmingham, man. Go ahead. And, You're on uh, the show. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, a couple questions here. First one I want to see. Uh, just want to ask you how you feel, uh, how you think Dylan Moses has played this year. Uh, just say I, just from what I've been uh, kind of observing, I think he's. I mean, obviously he's Dylan Moses. You know, he's going to be great in the future. You know, what I'm saying he's obviously great now. I just think he's a little tentative, maybe a little tentative, just like coming off surgery. I don't think he's as aggressive. I, I say as, as aggressive, but quite yet. I just kind of wanted to hear. That's just my opinion, but I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. And also an update on Brian Ray. I think that, I don't know if he got hurt or not uh, in the game. And then uh, offensively, uh, I think we kind of like we kind of look similar to LSU last year. So I, I kind of agree with you there. As far as I don't see anybody stopping us as far as in as far as a trap game. You know, with us, it's really like the, the redemption games. Like I'm not worried. Like. LSU and Auburn, not worried about it. Mm -hmm. um, the kinds the of games, that, that's like Mike Leach, you know, that he might dress up as a penguin on Halloween night, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you're Mississippi State, if you're Mississippi State, you're playing with house money. You're playing with house money at that point. You're, you're already loose. So it's like, it's like teams like, like that. That's who we got to worry about. Like, not that we even got to worry about it, but like those are the teams, like maybe even Arkansas. I mean, they're creeping up on some folks, you know, maybe at the end of the year. But that's about it. I don't see, as far as trap game, I, that's the only two I can really think of, those two. Because the other games, I mean, we're, we're coming. You know, just those two are just maybe you know, if, if, like, we slip up. But uh, anyway, so those are my questions maybe about Moses on the defense and then LeBron Ray up then on him. And then uh, what I just got in saying about, the, about that. And then I'm done. Oh, no, I got you. I, I think what I, what I wanted to bring up was that these are the actual stats from last game against Georgia. And I appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Um, we'll start with Dylan Moses. And yes, Dylan Moses had 10 tackles, five solo tackles against Georgia. And following the game, Nick Saban said that Dylan Moses played his best game of the season. So I'm kind of with you. I mean, when you look at the linebacker grades and we post them on Pro Football Focus and look, grades are great. But I mean, the way that he's been playing, I think, has been up and down. Uh, maybe that's because these guys didn't have a true springtime. Maybe it's because that these guys haven't had those early season games against like the Georgia Southerns or whatever. So we could, you know, tr truly see a warm up. I don't know what it is, but I think in this last game, you know, when you see 10 tackles and then you have Nick Saban, um, you know, who I think is a pretty straight shooter on all his guys um, say that he played his best game and he has 10 tackles right behind DeMarco Helms who had 11. I think the trajectory of Dylan Moses right now is up. 
I don't think he's playing his best football, but it's only the fourth game of the season. So let's continue to see how he progresses. Uh, same with Christian Harris. I think he's, mm-hmm. you know, he played fantastic in that first game. And the uh, same, same, you know, we've kind of seen up and down play for him as well. And it's, the inside linebackers have been kind of up and down. I don't think that's good. But I think Dylan Moses, you know, playing well and receiving high praise from Nick Saban says a lot. Uh, when you look at uh, Carl Tucker, he's a tight end. Um, he's a junior college transfer. Out, or I'm sorry, he's a transfer from North Carolina. Um, Nick Saban hasn't said what the injury is tonight during his press conference. He's just said he's out. Um, so, um, or actually, I think he said he's questionable. Same with LeBron Ray. I think LeBron Ray is an elbow or a shoulder. Um, so those guys are questionable. Um, but I think the positive is, I don't know if you guys saw, but Christian Barmore played fantastic against... Um, or at least I thought he did. Oh I mean, God. right? I mean, Christian Barmore oh, yeah. and DJ Dell. Like, oh what, what was interesting is those guys didn't have the best grades on Pro Football Focus. But I disagree because I look at those guys and the way they played. I mean, um, I think it was Matt Ray who who tweeted something out. It was a Barmore getting the push, and then he got to the quarterback. He stripped the ball out. So let's look at something real quick. All right, DJ Dell number ninety four. He had six tackles. He had two pass breakups. And then you see Christian Barmore right here, number fifty eight. He had three tackles two of solos, he had two pass breakups, one tackle for a loss, and he had a forced fumble. And then I think it was DJ Dell who had that pass deflection, which the other defensive lineman, which was uh, LeBron, um, Justin Bogbe, came up with that interception. So you're starting to see that that push from the defensive line. I, I love Christian Barmore. What are your thoughts on Barmore, Matt? Oh, man, Barmore's a piece. That dude's a piece, yeah. man. I, I knew when we, like, because how we recruit, like, when we went up into Pennsylvania and we pulled a defense. Just to, we go up to Pennsylvania and pull and pull up, pull a D tackle. He's he's you know he's going to be good, you know. And I, I just had a feeling about him, and he's mean, man. That boy's mean. I remember watching film on him <laughs> in practice his freshman year when uh, who else? It was uh, Isaiah Bugs, yep. maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Seniors, there were seniors, man, all up in him, riding his tail. And uh, he was mean man, and now he's just <laughs> controlled aggression. Now he's just he's throwing foe. He's no, he, we got pushed, man. And that second half of that Georgia game, we got pushed. We got, well, I mean, we were getting pushed the whole game, but we really like we, we were getting up. We were getting up in the pocket. It didn't matter who was. It didn't matter who was at quarterback at that point, yeah. you know, because we're because we were going to flush them out anyway. Uh, Bombers, our defensive line. I think a uh, previous caller said it. No, it, it, it definitely looks similar. We have the depth there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of plugging it together, kind of like kind of like you were saying with Moses, like not having that spring to kind of gel. So yeah. I, I think it's like the same, you know, it's, I guess it's, you know, as it, like you were saying, Moses is going to get better as it goes on. But I do like the way Moses is, is playing. I like the way, like it's Dylan Moses, you know, I'm thankful he's even back. But I'm just, that's just one thing I, I've noticed, but pass coverage looks good. I just, just as far as like that aggression, like that Rashawn Evans. Sure, sure. That Rashawn Evans that he has, that mm-hmm. he, you know, we've seen it. It's just, you know. That's that's all. That's he's just missing that little twitch. But that's not not he's not missing it. It's just it's just like it's, he's just he's getting back into it, you know. So, but yeah, no, I I agree with you 100 percent about Barmore. That, that dude, he, he's he, he's just going up. <laughs> he's just going up. I love a boat bay. I love a boat bay. Tim Smith, Ishmael. Saw, I mean, we're deep. You know, we're deep. So that's good to you know with the, with this type of schedule. Uh, I'm definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I'm comfortable. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely like it wasn't like last year. Like, you know, we're we're you know we're in a better spot, and I think our DBs are playing well too. Malachi is playing good. And it's really good to see that. Uh, saw Brian Branch play a little bit in the uh, or 
maybe in dime packages in the first half. So he's good to get him out there against his hometown or home state team. Probably know he's going to want to play. That's why we saw uh, Billingsley. He got up in there and played. So it was, uh, I mean, it was definitely, uh, man, we, we got all our dudes in. We got everybody's confidence going and rotating everybody. So it's, it's definitely good. And, uh, man, I, I agree with you about Walmart, though. Our D-line D set. I think our O-line's good. We got this crop coming in. I think, I think, I, I think realistically, Nick probably wants to win about two, two, three more because we, he lost those two. He, you know how he is, man. Um, he probably wants to get those two back. And so, uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion. I mean, heck, I wish he'd just stay forever, you know, but, uh, I think I think he wants to win two more because you can't bring in this recruiting class or bring it in without like because with the with the team we have this year with this recruiting class coming in you can't you can't I mean he's definitely thinking he's he's still thinking I mean he's not slowing down quite yet uh, I think but anyway all right man well thank you so much I, you, I appreciate it man thank you and uh, please call again all right yes sir brother all right Matt from Birmingham appreciate the call. Um, thought he brought up some good, some good points though. You know, I, I think, you know, Dylan Moses, you know, it's kind of the curious case, but I want to, for you guys to watch something out there, right? When you look at the two deep, I mean, Nick Saban hasn't played a lot of two deep at all. I put out a freshman report today on Bama insider and you kind of look at the players who have played as freshmen. I mean, you can count them on your hand almost, right? Um, Brian, um, Malachi Moore, he's, uh, started, you have William Anderson, um, you know, there was a couple guys who have also spot played, but there's not a lot of true freshmen that are really getting in to games. And I think that has to do with just the fact that Alabama is going through this gauntlet of the season. Will that continue the rest of the way? I'm not sure, but I'm just, you know, I can see the trend. It's not like the last couple of years where you see all these freshmen kind of sprinkling in. Um, it's more like Nick Saban is keeping in his starters throughout the entire game. Something that we really haven't seen in quite some time. Okay. We'll take, uh, we'll take our next caller. Hey, what's up, man? You're on the line with Kyle Hello. Anderson. Who am on the line with, and where are you calling in from? What's happening, Kyle? This is this is Carl with a K from the A. All right, man. Carl with the K from the A. All right, what's the A stand yeah, for? Uh, Atlanta, unfortunately. Okay. I'm Hard Bama fan, though. All right, Carl with the K from the A. Yeah. Go ahead, man. You're on. Yeah, what's happening? <laughs> All right, man. I just gotta get some things off my chest for you, and you know. Bama's defense, they had not played the standard all year, and I can't stand it. Yeah, did we play good the second half against Georgia? Yeah, we did. We did. We played better. But this this whole year, last year and the year before that, it, we, we we had not been playing the standard, Kyle. And let me tell you how bad it be. My mama, she's 94 years old. Okay? She grew up Bama fan. My daddy, he Bama fan. She looked at me. In that first half against Georgia, and she said, "Boy, that boy's stupid." And she talking about Pete Golden. Now, did we play better in the second half? I got a question for you, Kyle. Who called the plays in the second half? I don't think it was Pete. And I'm just keeping it 100. I'm just keeping it real. I want you. I want you to tell me and explain to to me and to us who was that. I think when you look at, um, you know, I, I'm trying to look for the graphic because I looked at the defense and I thought it was pretty astounding. And I think this is it. Let me see. I think this is Georgia's uh, drive chart. OK, so you look at it and you look at the first part of the game. 
interception, punt, punt, touchdown, yeah. touchdown, field goal, touchdown, right? Then we go into the half after Will Riker uh, hit that 52-yard field goal. Something happened. All right, yeah. Carl, Carl from, from the A. All right, because you come out and you yeah. look, punt, punt, interception, interception, and a field goal to end the game. So uh, did Nick Saban take over? Did did Charles Kelly, who also wears a title defense coordinator? I don't know if we'll ever find out, but something changed at halftime. I mean, um, I agree because because I mean, look at the drive chart. If they just didn't come out and just start playing better, you know what I'm saying? Like they did a complete 180. That's what I'm saying. Like it just and wasn't. They I'm, just didn't change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you right now, bro. It won't be gold. Um, He's been messing it up for a long time. Uh, and with that D that I saw in the second half, if we could do that consistently, I think we, you know, we're going to get what's ours. Let, so, let me ask you something, Carl, before, before you go. Um, yeah. Do you, do you think kind of when you look at the landscape of college football, that the only team that is capable to beat this team because it's offense. Everyone keeps saying it's the best offense ever, whatever. The only team that's going to be able to beat this team is a, another team that can match or, or outmatch them offensively. Or is there another team out there ju that just kind of from top to bottom is better than this team? I, I know it's a hypothetical question. We haven't seen Ohio State, but is the only nope. team that can beat this team a team with a better offense? Kyle, that's a good question. Let me tell you this. You don't have to be great at defense. You ain't got to be great. You just got to be good. You just got to be good and you got to be consistent. If you can do those two things in the offense that we got, we're going to get ours. But if you can't play good on defense and you just play sloppy and inconsistent, we're going to get beat. Probably by Clemson, maybe Ohio State. But until then, if you can just play good on D, we'll be all right. Because we got the offense. We can get some turnovers, something like that. We're going to be all right. On D, but but the real question is, can we play good on defense? That's that's the question. But and can Pete Golden get us good on defense? That's something I want to know. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, has Al when was the last time Alabama's defense was truly good? Is the question. You know what I'm saying? I mean, um, three years ago, right? I mean, you could probably point to that. And, I, and let me let me ask you this, because a lot of people point to the fact and thank you very much for Terry on uh, the super chat. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really means a lot to me um, because of the offense is so good. Like, let's take out that that game against Texas A&M. And I keep pointing back to this uh, stat. The fact that Alabama only had the football 22 minutes and scored. What was it? 52 points. I mean, that's a lot of time for the defense to be out there. Right. Um, so I, I get it. The game has changed and we've talked about that enough, but it seems like schematically sometimes like uh, in the first, it was the first half, right? When, when, when did George, it was in the first half when Georgia basically motioned out and caught Christian Harris on the outside, right? For a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. little things like I that. I mean, we, yeah. how, everyone in the country saw that that was going to be a touchdown, right? Did you, did you not? I mean, I'm sure your grandma saw that, right? Maybe no, that was, that's, that's when she match. said, they got that. my mama, she last one. That's when my mama stood up out of her bed. She said, that boy is stupid. <laughs> she said, just like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody saw that and I get it. Maybe that's, you know, that's up for the, the safety to come over the top. But the point is something did change. Like you talked about. And, um, you know, will we ever know if, uh, if some, if someone took over at the halftime controls, <laughs> we may not find out. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you something happened. I think it was Carl Scott, not Charles Kelly who helped, who was in 
Jordan's ear saying, hey, run this, run this. <laughs> and he probably ran that because he didn't know what to do. <laughs> and on that play, when Cook, number four for Georgia, went up against Christian Harris and scored that touchdown, Kirby was laughing at Pete Golden. <laughs> he was laughing at him. He was playing. That's what my mama said. Man, <laughs> boy, you stupid. Just like that. <laughs> All right, man. Carl, well, thank you so much, man. I got to move to our next caller, man. But thank, thank you so you, much Carl. for calling. Hey, you do a great job, man. I really appreciate you. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you, you too, job. man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> uh, Carl from Atlanta. I appreciate it. His grand, his his mama even standing up. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, uh, Terry, again, thank you so much for the super chat. Same to Ben as well. I, I really appreciate it. You know, like for whatever reason, we don't get that many super chats on here. And I told myself a long time, it's not all about the super chats. It's about the quality content. So, um, you know, we have uh, we've built up such a large channel, which I'm so grateful for. There's a lot of things to be thankful about. I mean, the staff at Batman Insider does such a fantastic job. Bone comes with it. Um, our team writer, Tony Sukalas, does a fantastic job. And, um, you know, I, I thank you very much for, for joining us tonight. Um, Terry, thanks again. Appreciate it. Same to you, Ben. Um, move on to our uh, next callers, and um, we'll take those calls uh, right now. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for waiting on the line. You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with, and where are you calling in from? Um, our, uh, next callers, and uh, we'll take those calls. Uh, you there? Hello? Oh, yeah, this is Chris from Savannah. Hey, Chris, uh, turn your volume down in the background. Appreciate it. All right, bud. Will do. You're all right. You're good, man. All right, Chris from Savannah, man. You're on the show. Go ahead. All right, man. All right. First off, Carl from Atlanta, I agree with a lot what he said. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone took over the uh, second half calling duties. But uh, I guess my real question for you why I called in is Will Anderson. Uh, I saw a stat the other day on uh, – at, uh, SEC Network that said he had the most pressured quarterback, or he had the most uh, quarterback pressures. Um, when do you think he'll actually evolve? And we don't have that. We don't have that. We have the pressure, but we just don't have that sack ability like we used to. Um, and and I understand that he's a true freshman, um, but I expect a lot from this guy. What's your look on Will Anderson? I mean, Will, Will Anderson has been fantastic. I mean, uh, if you follow some of our stuff on Bama Insider, I got some inside nuggets kind of in early August that said that he looked fantastic. And I was like, well, what does fantastic mean? And then when we saw, you know, just how good he was and, and that Steve Sarkeesian had named in the Terminator, I got some inside sources that were telling me, like, he was unbelievable, playing like one of the best players on the entire defense. I, I'm trying to look for some footage right now to kind of – uh, back up what I'm talking about. But I mean, you guys have seen it. And I think everyone saw just how talented he, he was against uh, Missouri. Now I get it. Missouri had no idea oh, that yeah. he was coming off the edge, but he was in on every single play, right? Like he was so fast in the backfield. He was getting his hat on, um, on, on everybody. It seemed like he was everywhere. Now Ole Miss, they did a fantastic job. And I really felt that Ole Miss's game plan um, and their offensive line, they beat Bam up front 100%. I mean, they did a fantastic job that game. But I think William Anderson overall, I mean, when you talk about five stars, you're like, yeah, is this guy really a five star? What is a five star? Uh, here's that footage. Um, how good is he really going to be? Will Anderson has certainly exceeded those expectations. I mean, this guy is a grown man um, and he get, he plays super, super fast. And I can't even imagine what he's going to be like as a junior, um, as a sophomore, because the guy just has a nose for the football. And uh, my goodness, they really can't keep him off the field. I And I, I agree with you 100 percent. 
uh, I, I, right when we signed him, I was like, Will Anderson and uh, what's what's the other uh, Jack linebacker? Um, yeah, Drew, Drew Sanders. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, Sanders. And I went and looked at their high school film, and I'm like, these guys are the truth. Yeah. And I know we signed Sanders as an athlete, and that's exactly what he is. Mm-hmm. But I looked at Will Anderson, and I couldn't believe it. And I went and, and like you said, the Missouri game, and, and, and it's Missouri. Not giving uh, no discredit to Missouri, but I mean, it was like a missile was getting fired off. And I really do think our next game, they they game plan for a true freshman. So that's a good thing. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think uh, they. I don't think they knew what was coming with with William Anderson. Uh, what what else you got, Chris? Why why you're on the show, man? Oh man, that's it, man. This is actually like my third time watching this, first time caller. So I mean, I, I'm I'm loving the show so far. I appreciate it. All right, cool, man. Appreciate it. Hit the thumbs up, and uh, we'll catch you soon, man. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. Really? All right, uh, Chris from uh, Savannah, Georgia. I still haven't gotten to Savannah, Georgia. You know, I've been in uh, now Tuscaloosa almost five years, uh, but I've been to some beautiful places um, all around the, the south southeast with my wife. I've uh, been checking everything out, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, ben, you, if you have a question, man, hit me up, man. Thanks for becoming a member, and thank you for the super chat earlier. So uh, thank you so much, and I uh, appreciate it. We'll take our uh, next uh, caller uh, right now. Hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson, who I'm on the line with, and where are you calling him from? Kyle, what's up, man? This is Sam from Alabama, man. Hey, what's up, Sam? Thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in, man. Yeah, man, I just caught the show, man. I, I don't know what you all been talking about. I was like, well, <laughs> let me let me just chime in, I guess. Uh, yeah, man, first of all, I want to just say, man, I appreciate appreciate you, Mick, Tony, Trey, Tyler, man, y'all, 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 y'all be bringing it, man. I appreciate all the content y'all, 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 y'all provide for us uh, on a daily basis, man. And also, uh, Bone, also. Oh yeah, no, I mean, all those guys do such a great job, and um, you know, they they make up the team, man. But um, you know, we're talking uh, Alabama and Tennessee, and um, we really even haven't really even talked about Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, Sam, is this still a rivalry game? Is it still? Yeah, to me it is. <laughs> to me it is. Uh, I, I look forward to this game every every year, man. Um, and every time Tennessee comes down here, I make I make it a, a, a I, I make the effort to make sure I go to that game, man. Whenever they come to Tuscaloosa, because I really do want to uh, beat those guys, man. Because I, I I went to the first game actually when uh, that that Nick Saban beat. Uh, uh, Tennessee, I think it was 07. I was at that game. Uh, I think it was Phil Fulmer's last year, I believe, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I, I look forward to this game every year, man. I, I look forward to uh, open up a can of, uh, you know, open up a can of whoop ass. So, but yeah, I, I was listening a little bit, man, and I had a chance to go back and look and uh, look at the game um, from from this past Saturday against Georgia. Okay, I just. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know if we have just looking back at the game. I I, I remember I talked to you Saturday. I was like, well, Christian Barmore, he did his thing. He was disruptive. Yeah, Christian Barmore was disruptive. He did make some plays, but look, going back and looking at the game, I was like, yeah, he screwed up a lot too. Um, 
Uh, and I can see why Nick Saban was kind of like, I remember last year he made a comment about how, you know, Christian Marmore need to be more disciplined and stuff like that. So especially jumping outside twice on, on the same play, I didn't, you know. But, um, I mean, he did do his thing, you know, but um, y'all, y'all were talking about the play call. Now, I, don't, I think I still think that Pete Golden was, was calling the plays, though. I still think it was calling the plays. Uh, it's just that, you know, give credit to Georgia. Georgia was, you know, they didn't take advantage of some of the opportunities that they had, you know, because guys were, were still wide open. And let me ask you this. Uh, I can oh, I can recall when Kirby was here, and also, I can also recall when uh, Jeremy Pruitt was the defensive coordinator. Um, I can I can I, I can I, I can I can I can recall those two guys really getting in the faces of those defensive guys if they screwed up, right? I don't see that in Pete Golden. I don't really recall Pete Golden really chewing somebody out on the sideline. Have you ever seen that? You know what? Come to think about it, I mean, you bring up a really good point. I, I've never seen Golding like right in somebody's face. Um, may, I mean, maybe it happens behind the scenes. I mean, I, it's not like we see like every single thing that happens, but at least on the sideline, we've never really seen him getting, you know, into someone's face. Now, I get it. Everybody's coaching style is different, but but that's actually an interesting point. Yeah, but the thing about it is, man, I believe that your your this defense kind of takes on the personality of the guy or the, of the person that's leading. You know, I think yeah. it kind of took on the personality of, of Kirby and and Jeremy because those guys were really aggressive in their approach. And I don't see Pete Golden as being that aggressive type of guy. I remember I remember uh, seeing him on the sideline and Nick Saban kind of going back and forth talking to him, and he just looked like you know he didn't know what was going on. So I don't know, man. <laughs> and another thing, I was. I don't know. I mean, it's something I just, I just, it just popped in my head. It's like, I really don't see how, you know, this guy is really, he's not aggressive to me. I mean, he just, he don't, you know, I don't know. But, you know, just looking back at the game, I, I see, uh, man, Mac, Mac Jones got hit a few times just watching the game again. Um, yeah, I mean, even though he got rid of the ball, but they always had somebody in his face. Um, but you got to give, I guess you give Georgia credit for that. But let me ask you this. Whatever happened to that guy that Nick Saban said had some juice, Killian Robinson? Where is he? That's kind of like the million dollar question. So this is, this is exactly what I know. All right. So a Killian Robinson has not been at practice. Um, he was not at uh, practice all in August. He's not at practice now. He never came out on social media and said that he was opting out. He never, um, there's no injury to my knowledge. Um, and he's not in the transfer portal. So I think if like you, you line everything up, you can kind of figure out, you know, you know, maybe something, but, um, they never came out and told us like exactly what was happening. So I, I would think it's probably an opt out, just kind of looking at like putting things together, but I can't be 100% right. on that. And I, I don't think it's an injury cause they, you know, they'll tell you if a player is injured, but I think with kind of like this opting out, Nick Saban came up and told us, he was like, look, that's going to be up to the player and I'm going to leave that to the player. So unless Kellen Robinson just comes out and he's like, I'm opting out of the season, then that's kind of all we know, but it's not at practice. And, you know, hopefully 
at some point, you know, he he comes back or whatever, because I thought he would have been, you know, um, a great weapon for Alabama's already loaded offense, just because he has that. He's such a different style running back, right? All right, man. Right, um, and he's, he's a um, – but let me ask you with a, just a couple more things, and, I, and I'll let – and I'll get off. Uh, it has, has Jeremy Pruitt, has he announced a uh, quarterback for this game? No, I don't think he's announced a quarterback for this game. I know on, um, you know, it looks like leading into the week, he was kind of, you know, trying to, you know, figure out who was going to be the quarterback. And um, then Nick Saban was asked uh, this week if he's preparing for two quarterbacks. Um, I assume that Alabama is preparing for two quarterbacks. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt did say, as you, as everyone saw, that he's going to be coaching the defensive line as he fired his defensive line coach uh, this week. Um, I think behind the um, scenes at yeah. Tennessee, um, you know, what started off as what looked to be a promising season. I mean, we all watched Tennessee. I thought they even looked pretty good, right? But now you kind of see the the downward trajectory of Tennessee, and I think things are worse than um, they they actually appear. Yeah, it seemed like they kind of like in turmoil, turmoil a little bit, Definitely, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just uh, I don't know, man. It just uh, uh, anytime that uh, you fire a coach at this point in time, there's something going on. Definitely. But but and I. I one thing, and I get off, man. Okay. Is it true that they are? Is it true that on the same day of the game that the University of Tennessee is also holding a garbage truck workers' convention? Is that true, man? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think they're going to do it uh, despite COVID rules, and I think that's going to take place at Neyland Stadium. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling oh, in, Sam. I appreciate thanks, it, man. All right, cool, man. Take, uh, take it easy. I, Please call again, Sam. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was good. That was good, Sam. Garbage uh, truck convention. You guys have seen that I hate Tennessee video, right? How many? Everyone's seen that. That's hilarious. I mean, that's one of the best interviews, like one of the best sports interviews. And that was 100% true. I mean, that was uh, all the way through. It was fantastic. So, um, <laughs> Hey, I appreciate it. No, no, no. Sports Center. <laughs> no, nobody has tried to hire me yet. I right, appreciate it. Um, hit the thumbs up button, fam. I really appreciate it. We got 300 people on right now. Got to get those likes up. We really appreciate it. Super chats always appreciated right here on uh, Bama Insider. Kyle Henderson, if you guys are just finding our channel, um, managing editor of BamaInsider.com. Um, you know, content every single day at BamaInsider.com. I really appreciate it. Originally from um, Santa Fe, New Mexico. That's my hometown. Now I've been in Tuscaloosa for five years. Uh, grew up in um, Santa Fe, but I've lived in uh, Los Angeles, Redondo Beach. Went to school in Pella, Iowa. Uh, lived in Alexandria, Virginia. Used to work on Capitol Hill for a little while. And now I'm living in beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. All right. As we continue with the, with the show, um, I'll take uh, our next call. Hello, you're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling in from? Hi, this is Justin from Illinois. Hey, what's up, Justin? Thank you very much for calling in. Yeah, my question is, do you think we're going to see Bryce Young against Tennessee this weekend? Um, Probably. I mean, um, I think the thing with uh, with Bryce Young, I think, you know, it's it's not like a talent thing that he doesn't have talent, obviously. I think it's just because these first couple games have been, I mean, it's been a gauntlet of the SEC, and you haven't seen a lot of freshmen play as accustomed to the past couple years. Now, I'm only confident that Bryce Young plays because I'm confident that Alabama 
probably gets up on Tennessee by a large margin. I don't know that for sure. Who knows? I mean, Tennessee played Alabama better than I thought uh, last season. But I think that Alabama is playing at such a high level right now. I think they'll use the rivalry game to play really well in Knoxville, Tennessee. So I, so I would suspect, um, you know, that you see uh, Bryce Young step in. I, I, he's going to get more opportunities at some point. I can't wait to see when he gets those opportunities. Um, I, they're going to come, but I think you have to be patient. And I think a lot of people have to understand that this SEC schedule is not going to allow for a lot of freshmen to get on the field, no matter the talent level, because this team is so good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So um, we'll just have to be patient and wait and see on uh, Bryce Young. What else you got? Um, do you, so do you think like next, maybe next season schedule, do you think Clemson's going to be on it? Um, I mean, no, uh, unless it's like in the playoffs or the championship game. You know, I, I think eventually, I mean, it would be a pretty amazing if we saw these two teams, um, you know, schedule each other like a home and home away. People would freak out. But no, I think the only uh, way that these two teams play would be in, in a playoff or a national championship game. And you, you might have missed this before, Justin, but I, I, po I posted this graphic right here. Um, for everyone to see. And I just compared the stats between uh, what Mac Jones has done and what Trevor Lawrence has done. Trevor Lawrence has played five games. Mac Jones has played four games. So um, if if you guys didn't see this, I'll just go ahead and read it again. Uh, Mac Jones, 90 of 115, 78 of 78 um, percent. 1,500 yards, 12 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 100 of 8 of 148, 73%, 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, one interception. And those are through five games. And I think what separates those two teams, and I know you didn't ask about this, Justin, but I think um, people would want to know is I, I think that, you know, when you compare those two teams, um, I mean, look at the competition, right? I look who Clemson has played and look who Alabama has played. What else you got, Justin? Go ahead. Um, that's about it. All right, Justin. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you calling in. Call again next time. All right, buddy. Okay. Thanks. All right. See you later. All right. Justin, uh, from Illinois. So I appreciate it. All right. I made that graphic earlier today. I was just kind of, I was wondering to myself, I was like, how, you know, do these guys compare Trevor Lawrence, uh, and, um, Mac Jones. So I, I put together that graphic and pretty, pretty comparable numbers. But I think, you know, I mean, Matt Jones doing it against Georgia, um, you know, Texas A&M, Missouri, Ole Miss. I mean, it says a lot. See if he can continue to do that. If he does that, I mean, th those two are going to be sitting right next to each other in, uh, in, in New York, right? I guess if they even do have some sort of weird Frankenstein Heisman trophy. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, moving on to our next call. Hey, good evening. You're on the line with hey, Kyle Henderson. Who am on the line with him? Where are you calling him from? Hey, hey, Demetrius from North Carolina. Hey, what's up, Demetrius? Thank you very much for calling, man. Yeah, back in 06, boy, I had just started <laughs> me a um, truck driving job, my first truck driving job in my truck <laughs> career in um, the country out of Alabama, and I was excited to go down there. But I didn't realize there were so many Auburn fans there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I remember that last that last time that, um, I mean, uh, <laughs> It was a lot of turnovers for Tennessee. They managed to come back and um, squeeze squeeze out a little victory against um, Alabama. But you know, you know, uh, they were back in the days. You know, Phil Farmer. He just, you know, he couldn't cut the muscle. He had to leave, and we've been on the roll ever since. And I just want to piggyback on the game. This, um, you know, I'm kind of I'm out. I know a lot of people down on the defense, but I'm optimistic. 
I'm optimistic about the um about the defense. You know, come out second half, start playing zone. You know, got away from. I mean, it looked like they kind of simplified the defense for them, and you know, and it shows success. That shows that they 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 do the team do have discipline to do their assignment, do what the coaches tell them to. Maybe. Coach Pete ain't the type of coach to get up in your face. He maybe he's the type that want to sit down and talk to you like like you're a young man. So, but I'm I'm optimistic about the defense going forward. You know, each game they get. I mean, starting that second half, it seemed like they the tail of two coins, and so that says a lot to me. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm trying to work. Uh, we got Demetrius on the line right here from North Carolina. Optimistic about the defense. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see, you know, um, you, you kind of look at the backstretch of this game. I think there'll be, you know, uh, opportunities for this team to improve, um, to, to see how this uh, defense can kind of, you know, you know, put things together. They got Tennessee, they got LSU, they got Mississippi State, they got Kentucky, they got Arkansas. So plenty of room uh, to improve. So I guess we'll just have to see how things come together for this defense. But I, I think the trajectory is up. Um, and I'm actually working on right now some breaking news. It looks like as, uh, Ismail Sopcher has just entered the transfer portal. So um, I'm going to let you go real quick, Demetrius. And um, actually, Demetrius, uh, stay on. Um, you got anything else? And and then we'll uh, we'll get to our next caller. No, that's it. You uh, get to your next caller so they can get their comment in. Okay. All right. Call again, Demetrius. All right. See you, buddy. Uh, all right. All right, fam. Look, it looks like... Um, Breaking news, and it looks like Ismail Sopcher is in the NCAA transfer portal. Okay. So, um, yeah, let me uh, get a graphic real quick of uh, Ismail Sopcher. And um, this is big news, obviously, you know, for uh, the Alabama Crimson side. I mean, and, and, I, and I was going to, you know, I figured that this was going to happen because, um, you know, not a lot of guys are playing. This season, when you kind of look at, you know, what this schedule has done. So um, get this up. You're going to hear a uh, screenshot in three, two. And I'm, I'm doing this live. So I, I produce the show like entirely by myself. I don't have like a producer. Um, so a lot of this stuff that you see, like I, I literally do it on the fly. So. Um, all right. Give me just a second. All right. So Ismael Sopcher is in the transfer portal. And um, what does this mean for the Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, I mean, defensive lineman, six foot four, 310 pounds, redshirt freshman, and um, a guy who, you know, really hasn't seen the field during his time at Alabama. I mean, I think when we look at, you know, kind of production and, and you know, what uh, he's done, we've all been kind of waiting. You know, last year as a true freshman, only uh, played against Western Carolina. Um, and then, you know, this season really hasn't seen any time for, um, the Alabama Crimson Tide. I think, you know, I, I think a big sign of that was that, um, you know, Jamil Burrow playing this season and, uh, in, in this last game. And I think that kind of the writing on the wall that, uh, you know, maybe he's just not cut out. I mean, a lot of it last year was kind of, you know, a weight issue. And now it, he looked like he had slimmed down to me. Give me a second.
But um, I guess we'll have to, you know, see if he does transfer out. But I think, you know, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it would be a big loss? I don't know. Sound off in the comment box. But and Ismail Sopcher definitely uh, in the transfer portal. I was able to confirm that just now. Um, you know, various people reporting it. I asked my people. And, um, yeah, Ismail Sopcher um, in the transfer portal uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, um, you know. Big news. I, I think it I think it hurts uh, down the road. And I think you're going to start seeing that, um, you know, coming up because of the fact that, um, you know, just guys aren't playing. So. All right. Uh, hey, Hudson, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to tweet something out just real quick and uh, be right back on uh, Bam Insider. I'll just take a, a quick uh, two minute commercial break. But inset. Ismael Sopcher in the uh, NCAA transfer portal. I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, and I'll take your calls in just a minute. All right. Had to tweet something out. Follow us on social media, by the way, at Bam Insider. Um, you can follow me, Rivals underscore Kyle. I'm not a guy who like tweets my entire life away, so don't expect to see like a ton of tweets from me when I tweet. It's usually impactful stuff. Um, we'll move on with the calls. Uh, but Ismail Sopcher is in the NTA transfer portal. I think it's big news. Um, this was a guy who I thought would come in and, and eventually get onto the fields. But these younger guys, I think they got to know that it, they got to wait their time. And, um, you know, with uh, Jamil Burrow playing, he's a true freshman. That would mean he played over Ismail Sopcher. So where's Ismail Sopcher on the depth chart? Not sure, because you also have Tim Smith, who also did play against Georgia. So you have Tim Smith. And you had Jamil Burrow, two freshmen, playing against Georgia over Ismael Sopcher. Sopcher not playing. And tonight, Ismael Sopcher announces that he is in the NCAA transfer portal. Um, where I don't think he announced, but I think that you know various sources were able to confirm, including us. I, I was able to uh, reach out and get some uh, information on that. Okay, we'll continue uh, to take our uh, calls. Hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who I'm on the line with and where are you calling him from? Hello? Yeah, you're on the line. Go ahead, man. Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling in from? Uh, my name's Ben Dover. I'm from Nigeria. Okay. Nice. Nice call. Ben from uh, Nigeria. All right. Thank you. Next caller. Hey, you're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling in from? What's going on, Kyle? This is Jack from Buffalo, man. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Jack? Thank you so much. We appreciate uh, you calling in once again. I uh, just saw that uh, Ismail Sopcher uh, in the NCAA transfer portal, man. Uh, you surprised by this? Or, I mean, it seems like, you know, these guys, if they don't get onto the fields, um, I mean, it's kind of been a crazy 2020, but you're going to start seeing more and more of this free agency. Are you, are you surprised by this in any way? No, not really. Uh, you know, I kind of saw, I kind of, you know, when he first committed to Alabama, when he first made that announcement, and just the rumors that we kept hearing about Ishmael Sopcher, that he's a guy that 
Um, he needs to work a little bit more on his attitude and that, you know, he, he, you know, he has some things that, you know, as far as character that he needs to work on that he's, and we, and again, I'm, I'm not going to question and say that he's a bad kid or anything like that, but I don't know. I can just tell by the look of him that, you know, that he's a talented guy, but he's a lot of, he's, he's got to get his priorities straight first. And I think maybe leaving Alabama might just be the best, might just be the best thing for him to try to get back on track to, uh, you know, to, to being the type of player that he wants to be. Yeah, as I was just mentioning, you had Jamil Burroughs who played uh, against Georgia, and then you also have Tim Smith, so two guys playing over Ismael Sopcher. Sopcher not getting onto the field, so um, looks like he will uh, hit the uh, transfer portal, and we'll see if he does transfer out. I mean, I, I thought he was going to get on the field, but uh, what, what else you got, man? Um, uh, appreciate you calling in tonight, man. It's Tennessee week, but it doesn't even feel like almost a rivalry game, kind of when you look at the at the series history between the two teams. Yeah, man, and uh, you know this is you know you know this game kind of holds a special place in my heart because uh, you know 2005, which was what 14, 14, 15 years ago now, I believe. Like this was this was the first Alabama game that I've ever seen. I, again, I was seven years old when this game came on back in 2005. <laughs> Tomorrow is actually going to be the anniversary of that day, with of course with DJ Hall and Kenneth Darby and, and, and Coyle and D'Amico Ryan's and Roman Harper from you know forcing that fumble in the back of the end zone. So you know this game definitely holds you know holds a special place in my heart. Um, but you know I think that you know Tennessee is going to offer some challenges that of course Alabama is going to have to be good at. I think every week offers challenges to help kind of prepare for this Alabama team. And you know a lot of people are expecting this to be a blowout, and you know it could definitely happen, but. As we've seen week for week, man, these games change. I mean, these these type of games, you know, it kind it's very unpredictable. Like, you know, Alabama Ole Miss. You know, people expect Alabama to blow out Ole Miss, um, and then it, it actually ended up going to the wire. And then the next week, Ole Miss ends up getting destroyed by Arkansas, and Alabama mm -hmm. ends up improving their defense against Georgia. So, this is a very unpredictable conference. I definitely think that Tennessee definitely has the tools um, to make this game very competitive. Um, you know, they have one of the best offensive lines in the SEC. They got four five-star offensive linemen um, on there as well. Trey Smith is a first-round pick at that guard position. So he's going to offer some challenges that you can make an argument that this line is actually better than Georgia's offensive line. And, you know, Tennessee, they're going to try to impose their will by running the football, try to get that running game going. Um, you know, Jerry Garitano is going to have to play the game of his life. He's, he's almost going to have to play perfectly if, Alabama, if, if, if Tennessee is going to, have to win this football game but you know I do expect this defense to hopefully rebound a little bit back a little bit bit and and you know in the in and definitely show improvements just like how we saw in that second half I do expect us to um definitely be a little bit better when as far as communication um in this alignment as far as you know getting our getting uh, our hands out as, as far as batting down passes I do expect our secondary to play a little bit better uh, and gain some confidence after forcing a, a, forcing a couple of turnovers um, last week. So I think this is going to be a competitive game, Kyle. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, um, you know, I'm kind of falling into, you know, that group of, you know, that Alabama is just that good and especially coming off a game against Georgia where I saw a lot of offensive productivity for, you know, the fourth week in a row. I just feel that Mac Jones and company going to come out swinging again and make a statement on Rocky top. Um, and, and then I kind of combine that with the fact that I think Tennessee, I, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes there um, kind of, you know, trying to figure out which quarterback they're going to play. I think they're having issues on defense. Um, I think, you know, Jeremy Pruitt, you know, kind of the trajectory of him is, is now kind of downward. I think it's been difficult for anyone 
to win it, Tennessee, over the last couple of years. And I thought at the beginning of the season when I saw Tennessee play, just like I said earlier in the show, I thought they were pretty good. I was like, wow, this team's improved. But now we get to this point in the season, which is just entering week five. And I'm like, man, this this Tennessee is kind of the Tennessee team that we've you know, seen, you know, uh, more frequently, and I'm not too worried about them kind of going in. Um, what what else kind of when you look um, overall, um, you know, at, at the rest of the schedule, Jarek, because when I look at the schedule, you know, I mean, um, I, what other teams or what other trap games do you see when you kind of kind of look at everything? Well, LSU, first of all, is going to be the one game that I definitely am looking forward to because, you know, they're actually trying to figure out a, 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 their quarterback situation, even though I think that Brandon has actually improved compared to his first game of the regular season. But LSU has the weapons on the offensive side of the ball to give Alabama problems. Uh, Terrence Marshall looks like he's one of the best receivers in the country. Eric, you know, Eric Gilbert is a miss. You know, he's kind of like that Kyle Pitts, um, wide type of tight end that, that is a mismatch, especially against safeties and linebackers. Um, even, even though they have a bunch of problems on their own with their offensive line and the running attack, they definitely have the weapons to give Alabama fit. Uh, you know, I look at the Kentucky game, you know, the Kentucky, Kentucky has a very good secondary. You know, they were finally able to get healthy uh, with their secondary because of, you know, all the COVID protocols. And, and Kentucky has an extremely good secondary. I'm actually really excited to see the matchup between Alabama's receiving core against Kentucky's secondary. I'm very excited to see that type of matchup. Um, you know, Mississippi State's a very interesting one because they got an air raid offense. And, you know, of course, one of Alabama's biggest weaknesses is going against the passing attack. So I'm very interested to see that game to see if Mississippi State can get it together um, there. Um, besides that, though, I think, I think, and then, of course, there's the Auburn game. There's the Auburn game because uh, I, I think by the time Auburn happens, I think Gus Malzahn is going to be the primary play caller. I, I, I think he's going to be the primary play caller for that. And we all know he loves to run those exotic, you know, run plays, run designs. He's going to run a lot of up-tempo. He's going to take a charge. He's going to take a charge of that game as, as their offensive coordinator by the time that happens. So uh, I definitely think that every game is going to be, is going to present a tough challenge that Alabama hasn't, hasn't really seen before as far as, as far as receiving weapons, as far as up-tempo, as far as physical defense and better secondaries goes. Um, better secondary play. Um, so, you know, but one thing that I definitely can say is that with this SEC schedule, by the time if they get into the, the SEC championship or the college football playoff, it's going to prepare Alabama for those tough challenges. You know, one of the arguments that um, has been made for us, uh, for Alabama, Kyle, is that the fact that we haven't really played anybody in the past, and you can make an argument by the time we do go against those, the Clemsons and, you know, the Clemsons and the LSUs and those types of schools in the world that we're not really prepared, we're not ready for it because we haven't faced those challenges. Well, not Alabama has an SEC schedule where they do have those challenges. Yep. They're facing all type of different schematics and all different type of things and great defensive and offensive yep. coordinators that Bama hasn't, that Bama wouldn't more normally see. So I think that this is going to better prepare Alabama for the future for those Clemson football teams. And if Alabama can improve on defense and they can get better, uh, then I, I definitely think that this is going to be an extraordinary football team to watch. Yeah, great stuff, Jarek. I, I think you bring up a great point, man. I'll uh, I'll answer on the other line. And uh, thank you very much for calling in, man. I know you waited a little bit to get on. So thank you so much, Jarek. Appreciate it, man. Yep, no, yep, no problem, man.
All right. Uh, always one of my favorite callers, Jarek from Buffalo. I think Jarek brings up a great point in the sense that um, this team is going to be really ready uh, for whatever comes their way. And I think it's because of the fact that they've gone through this gauntlet of the SEC, right? You look at what they've been able to do through these first four games and how much better they've become. And I think going the rest of the way, um, I mean, I, I think these SEC teams, that's why I keep saying that Alabama and Georgia could play multiple times, not only the SEC championship, I think maybe even the playoffs, the championship game, just because I think the SEC schedule has to weigh so much uh, in the college football playoff. I mean, whatever Frankenstein playoffs we're going to have down the season, you can't tell me that any team from the ACC or from the Big 12 has played this gauntlet of what these teams have played for, especially in the early season. I mean, Alabama um, and Georgia, you know, in the beginning of the season, Georgia schedule i mean all these schedules have been difficult arkansas schedule all these schedules have been tough and um kind of when i look at the long term i think the sec just like uh jarek was saying it's only going to make this team that much better uh come the later part of the season so great call of course uh from our friend uh jarek out in uh buffalo we'll take our uh, next caller and uh, we'll start now hey what's going on thank you very much for calling in you're on the line with kyle henderson who i'm on the line with and where are you calling in from Hey, my name is Corey, calling from Trustful, Alabama. Hey, what's up, Corey? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I got a couple of questions for you. Uh, my first question is, uh, what have you been hearing out of practice? Like, are we focused? Are we everything going good in practice? Um, I, I think this is a really great question because Nick Saban said on his SEC uh, teleconference, which was in the morning time, that, you know, the team needs to get refocused. And I was thinking about this. I was like, refocus. Hmm, what does that mean? So, you know, sometimes after a big game, you you get too high. Right. And you need some humility to kind of bring you down. Now, I don't think this team um, is in any way overlooking Tennessee, but sometimes it can be a little bit difficult, I think, to bring a team back down to earth after such a big game. I mean, this is a game that had a lot of emotions. You saw Nick Saban even dancing after the game. You saw that, um, you know, number uh, two versus number three um, on a national stage and you beat Georgia, kind of beat the brakes out Georgia, to be honest. Right. So getting that team back on track, I, I think, is something that Nick Saban's probably worked on already. Um, but I think, you know, the mood of this this uh, this week is, you know, got to get ready for for Tennessee, got to get ready for the next opponent. And as Alabama always says, you know, they have to play as good as they can play to be the best version of themselves. What, what else you got, Corey? And Nick Saban seemed frustrated the way practice been in his press conference or like, did you get that vibe or did, did you not? Um, actually I, I kind of did. I mean, he seemed a little bit more irked, I think, especially Wednesday night. I think the press conference was only like six minutes or something like that. Um, he was kind of like in and out. He was, he was a little, uh, a, a little bit more jumpy this week. And, and I said it in, in my observations, I really feel that, you know, you got a, almost a, a charge of Nick Saban from being out from a couple days last week. So I think he wants to get right to business. And I think the message from Saban, um, kind of listening and reading between the lines tonight is look, we're not looking at over anybody. And yeah, that, that win was great against Georgia, but that's in the past. That doesn't mean anything anymore. Time to focus on Tennessee. Every team is beatable in the sec. And I think Alabama, um, is, is going to be refocused by Nick, but I think, yeah, I think he was a little bit, um, he was a little bit more short than he's been and, uh, probably, you know, just wants to get right back to business and, and start focusing on, um, a team coached by another former assistant in Jeremy, Jeremy Pruitt. 
So you don't think we'll have a letdown against Tennessee in your opinion? I, I don't think so. I know a lot of people are, you know, kind of talk about like a hangover game or, you know, you win the big game and then go into this one. I don't think so. I think this team has enough leadership and that that's kind of where, you know, you, you have that leadership. I think guys on this team, you know, Mac Jones, I think Dylan Moses, those guys are seasoned enough to steer this team back after a big victory. Look at Devontae Smith. You think Devontae Smith uh, is a guy who's going to take a week off? Absolutely not. And, and Mac Jones said that he has that Michael Jordan mentality. Those type of athletes, they want to compete at the highest level, not every single game, every single practice. You guys saw that video by Alabama. Smitty catches 100 balls every single day. So I, I think they'll be able to curtail um, themselves back in, laser beam on Tennessee, and I, I think they're going to roll the balls, to be honest. You know, Devontae Smith is closing in on the record of career touchdowns at Alabama because Amari Cooper set that record and. He's getting very close to breaking it, and uh, I think he'll break it by season end. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I have the stats up right now, and that's a great point out, uh, Corey. Um, you have the career stats. Check this out by Devontae Smith. 156 catches, 2,500 yards, 27 touchdowns on the season uh, uh, throughout the career. So I think you're right. Like he's only a few away. I mean, he, he could break it within the next two games. It's like, it's pretty amazing to see the production that Devonte Smith is that, that he's had this season already. So I have the stats right now on the screen. He has caught for 38 receptions in four games, 483 yards with four touchdowns, 38 receptions in four games, fam. Like people catch 38 balls like in a season. This guy's doing it in four games. Uh, oh, final thought, Corey, go ahead. What does Mike Jones have to do to have a chance to win the Heisman against Trevor Lawrence? Because that's unless something drastically changes, those are probably the two going here because Here's the deal with the Heisman Trophy, more than likely. It's not just stats. It's the popularity award, mm -hmm. too. Because Trevor Lawrence is probably a more popular player than Mac Jones. Because Trevor Lawrence is the number one overall pick. Does Mac Jones approach that and blow his stats out of the water. But the problem is, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you're probably playing in half. Playing in just one half. But because you're probably putting up so much stats. But... Like, what would Mac Jones have to do to have a chance to outdo him for the Heisman? Yeah, I, I think when you look at these two head-to-head, -head, and I think, you know, when you start to kind of look at that Heisman talk, you look at what Mac Jones has done, and I think the 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 biggest deal between these two teams is the fact that Alabama has played such a more a, a far more difficult schedule, right? I, I Look what he did against Georgia. I mean, I'll pull the stats against what Georgia's, what, the number one defense in the entire country. And what Mac Jones did in this particular game was fantastic. I mean, th think about this. Three games consecutively of over 400 yards. So against Georgia, the number one defense in the country, 24 of 32, 417 yards with four touchdowns, passing rating of 219. Uh, I mean, that's unbelievable. And I get it. Trevor Lawrence, people love Trevor Lawrence. And just like you said, it's more of a popularity contest. But I think that, you know, the production, and especially if Mac Jones continues to play at this level, I think the numbers and the competition to play will speak for, for himself. So uh, thank you very much, Corey, for, for calling in. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Good talk to you, Kyle. Roll Tide. All right. Roll Tide to you, buddy. That was a. Uh, our good friend uh, Corey from um, Trustville. I appreciate calling in. Um, yeah, so uh, breaking news, bottom of the screen, Ismail Sopcher has uh, entered the transfer portal. We'll have more coverage at BamaInsider.com. 
Um, you know, long story short, what does it mean? Uh, means that a redshirt freshman has uh, hit the portal, you know, six four, three 310 pound defensive lineman. I think the kind of the writing was on the wall this past week. As you look at uh, Tim Smith and Jamil Burroughs, two freshman interior defensive linemen that were able to get onto the field before Ismail Sopcher. Sopcher did not play, um, you know, uh, this season. Hey, so look, you guys are probably wondering, like, how do I know all this stuff? Right. So this is what I compile. I'm going to give you a taste of um, actually. Um, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your calls. I'm gonna get to you guys in just a second. Hang in there. I got a ton of calls, but I want to show everybody right now um, what I provide on. Um, can't even show it. Um, I can't I can't show you right now. But I was gonna show you basically. I compile a list of every single player on Alabama's roster, what they've been able to do. Um, I think I can probably screenshot it real quick and give you a better idea. Hang on the line, guys. I'll be right there. I'll get your calls. We got a bunch more calls coming in. Um, but I, but every single week I compile what's called Alabama fo football roster Intel. And seriously, I go so deep on every single player, what they've done, if they've played, what their stats were, you're going to hear a screenshot in three, two, one. Um, and I'll show you, this is just an example and, and imagine this on every single player. And this is premium content that I provide on Bama insider. So you have to be a premium subscriber, but the, the, the reason I'm able to know all these numbers is because I, I literally, I compile this. It takes me forever to get this done. And I do this immediately after the game. So for example, this is what it looks like. So you have, um, for example, like Daniel Wright up at the top, every single thing that he's done started against Mississippi, started against Texas A&M, all the stats, all the exact information, um, what he's done. And I have this for every single player from, you know, from the top all the way to the bottom. See Chris Allen, I even got like the preseason info and it, the list just kind of goes on and on. So that's all the premium info that we have at Bama Insider. Um, tons of coverage on the site, as you can uh, only imagine. Um, but the, all that information is called Alabama roster Intel. When you go to Bama Insider, it's a premium uh, feature that we have that I provide every single week. So tons of information on every single player. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, appreciate the super chat, Hudson. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. Um, we'll get uh, on to our next call. We've got a ton of calls. I, I'll just I'll just keep going, fam. You guys want to keep talking football? I'll talk football. Hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who I'm on the line with, and where are you calling in from? This is Shane from Baltimore. Hey, Shane. How's it going? Hey, it's pretty good, Kyle. Hey, first time calling. Uh, great show. Great job, especially since you're doing the one-man band thing. You're doing a great job, man. Thank you. A couple of points uh, and then a question for you, okay? First off, uh, good luck to Sopcher. Uh, sometimes it just ain't a good fit. Hopefully, he, he finds a place where he fits in better and has a great career. Uh, no anger there. Uh, secondly, about the Heisman. Um, Honestly, I don't give a rat's fuzzy bunghole who wins the Heisman. I want to see Alabama take Dabo and Clemson out behind the woodshed for four quarters and bring tears to their eyes because I'm still hurting uh, after what happened to us in 2018 in that championship game. Mm -hmm. Next point, uh, I know this isn't going to happen, but I would love to see Devontae Smith. Uh, I'd love to see some teams make some bad decisions in the draft and see him fall down to where the Ravens can pick him up because I would love to see him on the outside as another weapon for uh, for Jackson up here in Baltimore. And my last point, and this will be followed up by a question. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to list off a couple of names and then I want to ask you something. Names are Antoine Caldwell, William Vlahos, Barrett Jones, Bradley Bozeman, Ryan Kelly, and Landon Dickerson. <laughs> and the question is, 
is it not time to recognize Alabama as center you? <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. I, I think that, you know, I, I was talking actually with uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN. We did an interview with him uh, today. He's going to be on our Friday night tailgate show. Surprise, surprise, spoiler. Um, and he was talking about the Alabama offense and he, he talked about Mac Jones and he said about the wide receivers, but he's like, you know what? He was like, this offense is really predicated around this fantastic offensive line. And I think you bring up a great point. I mean, coming into the season, I think people were like, is Landon Dickerson going to be the center or is it going to be Chris Owens? I one million percent felt it was going to be Landon Dickerson just because of that continuity, because he was a center last year. Um, but you bring up a great point. You look at the guys, uh, the past couple of seasons that have been the center for Alabama, really that's that staple for any offensive line group. But I think overall, it's time to give these big boys some love, right? Alex Sutherwood, Evan Neal, uh, Cornbread, um, you know, Emil Ikior, and Landon Dickerson. I, I strongly feel that's the best offensive line in the entire country, and I think that's the strong reason that Mac Jones is having a fantastic season. Yeah, he has the weapons. he got Najee Harris behind him, but the offensive line is A-plus all across the board. Dead on, man. Give it up for the big eaters. <laughs> anything else, uh, Anything else, uh, Sean, while you're on the line? No, that's it, man. Keep doing what you do. I'm loving it. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sean. Sean from uh, Baltimore. Appreciate it. You know, I used to um, I used to fly into Baltimore when I lived in when I lived in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, I would fly in from New Mexico. I'd take a nonstop from Albuquerque to uh, BWI and I would take the train um, from the, the, air, the outside of the airport it is actually Amtrak back to Washington, D.C. And um I kid you not, I won't, I won't keep you guys too long, but on this uh, story, but actually my Amtrak one time going back from, uh, going back to DC, uh, it hit a uh, shopping cart and we were stuck on this train for like five hours. It was, it was horrible. It was crazy. Um, all right. Taking my next call. Uh, <laughs> hey, what's going on? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson, who I'm on the line with and where are you calling in from? I'm Ronnie and I'm from Opelika. All right, Ronnie, what's going on? Thank you very much for calling me. I appreciate it. Go ahead. You're on the show. On your side-by-side -side comparison with Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, has Clemson not played five games and Alabama just four? Correct. You're right. Mm -hmm. um, can you, at some point, maybe next week, put up an average on what they're averaging per game? Oh, yeah. That's a great because, idea. Because, uh, Mac Jones is not getting the love that Trevor is for some reason, but I think Mac Jones has outplayed him and against better competition. And that's basically all I had to say right now. <laughs> thank you, Kyle. All right. Thank you, Ronnie. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. Short and uh, sweet from our buddy, uh, Ronnie. So thank you very much. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. On to our next caller. Hello, good evening. You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who am I on the line with and where are you calling in from? Um, this is Tim. I'm calling from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, Tim from Baton Rouge. All right. Go ahead, Tim. You're on the show, buddy. Uh, I was just calling in reference to the transport porter, Ishmael Softer. Mm -hmm. I, you know, followed him a lot being out here uh, from Amy as well as Smitty. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's funny, I was just thinking about him Monday and they find out that he's in the portal. I mean, I, I was surprised. I was thinking that he would come in and and uh, 
battle for one of those uh, spots. But, you know, what do you think about the transport portal? Do you think um, there should be some kind of restriction as how many years you can be at, in college or before you can enter that portal? Because it, it seems like if you don't work hard, there's a way out of it. And I don't think that's good for college football. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, Nick Saban has talked about this, you know, many times. It's kind of like that free agency of college football. And I think it's also kind of, you know, if the players feel almost entitled to get on the field early, and if they don't, they know that they can just hit the transfer portal and exit out. Um, I, I think that, you know, um, you know, it's should I go situation to situation? I, I guess so. But I mean, if every if if a player wants to dip out. It's up to him. If if kind of the writing is on the wall, then you know it's not going to work out, and maybe that's best for the team. Um, you know, we're we're seeing that more and more, kind of that free agency in football, um, and, and I guess in all sports. But what I don't agree with is that the NCAA, um, you know, they kind of pick and choose who is immediate eligible and who's not. Um, it seems like if you have a better lawyer, you're able to get you know instant clearance. Whereas if you know some players, they just don't get instant clearance, and I think that's kind of the gray area of everything. You know, I, I think regarding um, Ismail Sopcher, he's one player that I felt would get onto the field. But a lot of these players, you know, if they don't play their freshman or sophomore season or even their redshirt sophomore season or their redshirt freshman season, they exit out. And I think sometimes it's that's too quick. You got to kind of you got to wait, especially if you want to be here at Alabama. And I get it. Nobody wants to wait that long time to, to be at the top. But let's take a player like Mac Jones. He's been here for a long time, had to sit behind Tua, had to sit behind Jalen Hurts. Right. Um, sure, he could have – Mac Jones could have left a long time ago, right? But the point is you stick around for, you know, being committed. What does it mean anymore? And now look at Mac Jones certainly, you know, eating with uh, the finest group in all of college football. Right. And, and you know, you actually build your resume uh, waiting. And to me, if you, in, if you enter the draft, that's one of the things I would think um, executives would look at, you know, will you take time off? Uh, were you quick to leave when things didn't go your way? Or did you just, or did you just fight it out, compete and try to get that, you know, position on the field? I just think it's bad for college football. Yeah, no, I agree. Anything what else, you? uh, anything else, uh, why on the line, uh, Tim, by, by the way, I have to tell you, man, um, I, I, I've been to Baton Rouge. I went there, um, a couple seasons ago when Alabama played in Baton Rouge. I thought it was beautiful. I love the live oak trees. I thought it was the, the tailgate was amazing. Um, I'm serious. If, if LSU would have beat Alabama, I was going to rip my shirt off and buy LSU shirt and party all night long. Cause that was the biggest <laughs> party in the country. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that they will do, uh, I'm I'm from Baton Rouge, but I'm diehard Alabama fan, and and uh, but you know they will you know they have good fans at LSU, and tailgating is outstanding. And uh, one more thing uh, in reference to Dylan Moses, and uh, do you think coming off that injury, um, you know, not having a spring season, it's just taking him a little longer to actually get into football shape because you know being that you missed a whole year, even though you're out there practicing, but not having spring, it, it, it takes a while to get back into football shape. What do you think? Yeah, probably so. I, I would, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he's played through eight games, for example, compared to four games. Um, but how about how about this too? Um, you know, think I was just thinking about it. you're from Baton Rouge. You have um, Dylan Moses from Baton Rouge. You have Christian Harris who's from Baton Rouge, and then you also have Chris Allen who's from Baton Rouge, right? So all those guys 
from Baton Rouge. Um, pretty amazing. I think all those guys start for Alabama's defense um, being right from, you know, yeah. uh, Baton Rouge is pretty interesting to think about. I, I think Dylan Moses, um, just like I was saying earlier on the show, I don't know if I caught you, somebody asked me about Dylan Moses. And I think the thing with Dylan Moses is um, he had 10 tackles in this last game against Georgia. And following that game, Nick Saban said that he played his best game of the season. Um, so far, I know it's an early season, but I think to get high praise from Nick Saban, who doesn't give out compliments just to everybody, I think that says a lot about his progression through the first four games. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to see those Baton Rouge guys on the Alabama team. Actually, Chris Allen went to the same high school as my kids at Southern University Laboratory School, mm -hmm. so I know him very well. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, they have some talent out here, and. I'm just glad they, they always end up at Alabama. We're all tired. <laughs> all right. Take it easy. Thank you very much for calling in. Okay. Bye-bye. All, right. all right. Take our next caller. Hello. You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who I'm on the line with and where are you calling him from? Hello. Yeah, you're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Hi, this is Hudson from Kingsland, Georgia. Hudson? Yep, from uh, Kingsland, Georgia. All right, go ahead, buddy. Yep, I'm the one, the one that, with the donations. You know, is my me paying my respects to this great talk show. Just <laughs> want to say thank you for what you're doing. Hey, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. You know, um, I, I think like with the super chats and stuff, like it, it really helps our channel grow. Um, but it's, you know, and, and while that helps, like a simple thumbs up as well, you know, goes a long way. But we really appreciate it. So thank you very much, Hudson. What, what else you got, man? Go ahead. Well, um, I was on the line earlier and I heard the guy talking about uh, Christian, what's his last name, Barmore or something like that? Christian Barmore, yeah. Um, and, and how it jumped, he jumped off sides twice, that's inexcusable. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, play, I play defensive line. I'm a, I'm a senior in high school mm -hmm. at the moment. And I played against Harrison Bailey last year, mm -hmm. quarterback from Tennessee, and I think he's going to start this week. I've been hearing rumors mm -hmm. from other high school players that are off at college. Mm -hmm. And if you don't start that, he's going to get some playing time. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, I and, um, go ahead. Well, back to the offside thing. I mean, especially with COVID with, with them, not with there not being, you know, a hundred thousand people in the stands, you're hearing the same snap count all game and then late in the second quarter you're tired you're fatigued mm -hmm. and then they hit you with a hard count so i mean it's inexcusable yes but at the same time it's gonna be stuff like this is easier for the offense to do with there being less fans yeah that that's actually a really good point and i mean you you kind of look at the fact that you know like for example at brian denny stadium um you don't where they have like twenty thousand fans and you know they i mean i think uh you know, you, you bring up a good point regarding the snap count. Um, kind of when we look at this game, um, Hudson, between Alabama and Tennessee, I mean, uh, sounds like you're a lot you know younger than a lot of our callers, but is this still a rivalry game to you? Not, not really for me. I mean, I'm 18 <laughs> years old, a senior in high school. Um, I've never seen Tennessee beat Alabama. <laughs> That's what I'm so, asking. Ever since I've known football. The only rivalry that I've seen for me is on Alabama, LSU, Alabama, <laughs> Georgia, just because I live in Georgia. And you know how Georgia fans are. They like to run that mouth. So thank God we haven't lost to them since I've been at school. <laughs> uh, what, what else, Hudson? I, I'll give you uh, one more question or one more comment while uh, we get to towards the end of the show. 
Okay. Um, I think Gus Malzahn is going to lose his job <laughs> for starting Bo Nix over Joey Gateway. Joey Gate- Gateway or Gatewood, I'm not sure, that's at Kentucky. He should have been starting at Auburn. He was the better quarterback than Bo Nix. And I think Gus is going to lose his job because of that one. You know, like the the thing with Auburn football is it's it's unbelievable how like topsy turvy their season is because they they beat somebody who they're not supposed to, then they lose to somebody they're not supposed to. And it's like every single time. And then when they play Alabama, they always come with it. Now I get it. That defense last year was ferocious. Um, I was at that game uh, down in Auburn. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I mean, one of the most wild games I've seen. So uh, you know, we'll have to see about Gus Malzahn. But I think his seat is rather hot. I would say, hey uh, Hudson, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for the super chats. I appreciate it, man. All right, have a good night. All right, take it easy, buddy. All right, that's Hudson um, from GA calling in. All right, got two more calls. I'm gonna take it and I'm uh, I'm gonna cancel it out. Uh, got an eight one three and a two five six. So you uh, two five six, you're uh, you're on deck. But we'll take eight one three right now. Hey, good evening. Thanks for waiting on the line. Uh, hey, Go ahead, Kyle Henderson. Uh, hey, line with and, and and where are you calling in from? Go ahead. Hey, I'm actually from Florida. Okay. And let me just say that Alabama Georgia game. Oh my God, I did my homework after that. That was one of the best games I've ever seen in my life. What What's your name? Ashton. A- Ashton. All right, from Florida. All right. All right. So uh, what, what were your takeaways from that game? I mean, it was a uh, 41-24 Alabama. Alabama, you know, kind of came through. Um, are you Al- you're an Alabama fan, I take it? Yeah, yeah. All right. What what do you think of when, when, Will, when Will Reichard hit that 52-yard field goal? Oh, my. Dude, uh, being an Alabama fan for more than three years, <laughs> I can just tell you, our, our, our kickers have not been good. Uh, they've been actually awful. But it, it's been it was amazing. I I do I dude I jumped up in my chair. It was <laughs> best thing I've ever seen in my life. All right. What what else you got? Uh, what what else you got regarding the Alabama football team? I mean, I really want Mac Jones to win the Heisman, but Trevor Lawrence against Georgia Tech. I mean, Jesus, they look like a woman's football team in high school. <laughs> I mean, they put in the punter. I. If if my if I was a fan of Georgia Tech and they put in the puncher, I'm just like, just please, just put in Trevor Lawrence for the whole game. Just please don't embarrass my team this badly. You think uh, Mac Jones could certainly have a shot to win the Heisman? I certainly do. I mean, if he keeps playing at this level, if he keeps balling out, I mean, there's absolutely going to be uh, Mac Jones going to be sitting in New York for that Heisman Trophy, 100. percent I I hope so. Like we're facing like number three. We're facing well, Tennessee's awful, but. We're facing a lot of ranked opponents, but like I, I do, Trevor Lawrence is straight up just messing up unranked opponents. Like it's like it's not even fair out here for Mac Jones. All right, well, what what else you got? Kind of a let's get to our uh, final thought as we cruise to, to the end. If you if you, if Alabama Clemson uh, win a game right now, who what do you think the score would be? Like. <laughs> 49 to 47 or something like that. Will Reichard hits a 54 yarder to, you know, send Alabama to their, you know, next national championship or to win their next national championship. If, right. I mean, the over under of the game, like total point scores got to be like in the nineties. 
dude, if if every single time Alabama hits an extra uh, like an extra point, I'm sweating. Even if we're ahead <laughs> by like thirty points. Let me show you this uh, stat on the screen right here. All right, everybody's gonna love this. Okay, Will Reichard right now, Alabama's field goal kicker, twenty six of twenty six on PATs, four of four on field goals. All right, he has a, a longest of. 52 yards okay and i feel bad for sam johnson he's on the same screen as will Riker. he's got 10 punts 354 yards with an average punt of 35.4 but he had three inside the 20 so i mean, I mean we're talking about mac johnson Hudson. what about will on <laughs> jesus four for four 26 for 26 <laughs> right that's what i'm saying um i mean well, Riker certainly, uh, he needs to be mentioned as well. Or at least he needs to get a victory cigar. We were talking about cigars earlier. I mean, Will Riker, I don't even know if he's old enough to smoke a cigar. But if he is, he should be like these cats, you know, and uh, enjoying, a, and enjoying a cigar for uh, that 52-yarder. <laughs> oh, dude. A 52-yarder? When's the last time Alabama was hit above 30 yards? That's <laughs> right? what I'm asking right now. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's like uh, <laughs> You're killing so we me. Need revenge for that 20, we need revenge for that 2018 national championship. Dude, seeing that game, I went to bed early. I think I cried myself to sleep that night. <laughs> oh, man. that's uh, I think a lot of people cried themselves to, you know, for the rest of that, that whole uh, next to that next season. Um, make a final thought before you break out. Uh, I just want to say roll tide. We're the best team in the nation. And Najee Harrison better than Travis Etienne. Good night. <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome with the with the call. Maybe the call of the night. Got a call back. I appreciate it. That was that was awesome. Good uh good banter. It's like been a been a fan for uh for three seasons, but man, he goes hard. I appreciate it. That was awesome. That's funny. <laughs> All right, last uh la this is the last call I'm gonna take. It's a two five six. Hey, what's up? You're on the line with Kyle Henderson. Who's on the line with him? Where are you calling him from? Hey, you there, Will? Kyle Henderson. <laughs> Who's on the line with him? Where are you calling him from? Uh, hey, Kyle. You there, man? Yeah, I'm here. Who is this? Okay, this is in chat, Cal1. My, my name is Mick. Okay. Just call me Mick. Uh, we, uh, Kyle, but uh, let me say... I got Van on my mind. Go Van Tiffin and go Will Rocker. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty amazing from, uh, for Alabama fans, I guess, of you know the present in the past to you know see a kicker. Where are you from, Mick? I like to get where everyone's calling from. I'm calling from uh, Huntsville. Uh, I'm a, around the area that uh, Jeremy Pruitt's from up that area. He's I don't know him. I've never met him personally, but I know a lot of people that know him. And, so he's a great guy, and, and I, I wish him well, except Saturday. Remember that? that there's that one uh, clip. I don't know if you saw it that said he, he'd, like, never had asparagus before or something like that. I always thought that was funny. Like, that, he, <laughs> yeah, he was out there. He was, like, he never, he didn't even know it was a vegetable, I don't think. Uh, so, I mean, I, I thought that was I've hilarious. never seen that, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. so, let uh, me tell you this. You're, uh, I, I'm 61 years old, Kyle, and mm -hmm. there's very few people that – keep my attention and very few chats that keep my attention but you've done it oh okay thank you yeah i appreciate and, it uh, yeah and and another and i put it in chat a while ago but i'm like i said i'm 61 so all i know is alabama dynasties 
the only decade that I cannot remember Alabama winning the national championship is the 1980s. Now, you, you correct that if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're, I think you're good on that. Well. I have to, yeah, I'd have to like, I'd have to look at the overall numbers, but I get what you're saying. Go ahead. Well, that's it. I, you know, I've been around since the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two teens and two mm-hmm. twenties. And that's the only decade that Alabama had one one is the eighties. Do you think, do you think as this, yeah. as uh, kind of when we turn the page kind of to Nick Saban and where he's at at his career and, and I get it, you know, things have changed since, you know, Bear Bryant and now Nick Saban and what he's done with this program. I know. Um, but I mean, what he's done, I mean, I just have such a hard time feeling that this will ever be duplicated again. I mean, it took such a long time. Bear Bryant did such a great job here. But, I mean, I, I just can't see what this entire run throughout his career, if it's ever be duplicated again. I just I don't see it happening. I, I don't either. I really don't, Kyle. I, I think this is – I think we're living in a time that uh, – well, not only in politics and whatever, but mm-hmm. we're living in a time that we'll never see again. Yeah, and that, and that includes Alabama football. Yeah, but it uh, you know it'll never stop. It, it will we'll keep going. We'll we'll you know we'll we'll be at post saving We'll be post saving We'll and we'll go again. But yeah. uh, it's a unique time we live in. And and let me tell tell all the Alabama fans out there: forget about Clemson. And this is my last point. Forget about Clemson. Forget about Auburn. Forget about LSU and and the rest of them. Saturday is Tennessee, mm-hmm. and this is a big game. And it is it is a rivalry game, and and some younger folks don't know that, but it's a biggie, and Nick Saban knows it, mm-hmm. and I think he's got it put in the players. They know it, so we better be ready and forget forget about all the. Forget about all the junk. The rat poison. That's it. Rat poison. <laughs> all and, right. Uh, well, uh, well, thank you so much, Mick. Please save the number. Call again anytime. We're happy to have you on. Um, you know, it's uh, I really appreciate the compliment of you sticking around the whole show. We went a little bit longer. Usually we only go an hour, but had so many calls that we kept on rolling with it. So anytime that you want to call in, you're free to call. And, um, you know, Huntsville, uh, definitely good people up there. So thank you very much for calling. And I hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Thanks, Kyle. You too, brother. All right. Bye. See you, Mick. Okay. That was Mick from Huntsville. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you very much to everybody. Uh, who joined the show tonight. I really appreciate it. We are it. sorry, but it's the show up. has ended. Goodbye. <laughs> Not yet. I got to say my goodbye. But uh, thank you so much, fam, for joining me tonight. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to uh, me that you guys would spend time with me on a Wednesday night um, gearing up for Alabama and Tennessee. Remember that you can find our shows also on Apple Apple Podcasts. Just search Bama Insider on your podcast. Of course, all the coverage back at BamaInsider.com. Thank you very much to all our Super Chat uh, members tonight. Super Chat's basically like tips. We really appreciate it. Um, Got some great stuff coming up for you later in the week. We got um, Chris Lowe is joining us from ESPN on Friday night for the Bama Insider tailgate with Mick Gillespie. And then, of course, we'll have our watch party. And then we'll also have the post-game call-in show on Saturday. Tons of coverage coming your way right here on BamaInsider.com. If you guys could hit the thumbs up button, it really mean a lot to me. And thank you very much for staying with me tonight on uh, Wednesday, October 21. Have a great rest of your week. Be good people. We'll treat each other well. And we'll catch up, catch up soon right here on BamaInsider.com from beautiful 
Tuscaloosa, Alabama. My name is Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com.